Testing, testing. Hopefully y'all can hear me. Um, for those of y'all that don't know me, my name is Blake Norman. <laughs> I am Pastor Keith's son here at the Factory Church. Um, and I've known a lot of you for for quite some, testing, some testing. time now. But uh, yeah, um, not going to talk about myself a whole lot. Um, today is Father's Day. For those of y'all that don't know, I have a very uh, unique father. Um, and it almost feels disrespectful to write all of this down, but I know if I speak from the heart, I'm going to be up here even longer than he preaches, and I know we don't want that. Um, <laughs> my, dad, my dad's been there for me my whole life. Um, lacrosse games, teaching me how to drive those parent-teacher conferences in middle school when I didn't know how to act and y'all had to come down there and all that stuff. Um, my dad's always been one phone call, one text away. I know that if I come home, he's going to be there. I don't have to worry about wondering where he is, if I'm ever going to see him, if I'm going to talk to him. So. I'm grateful for that because that's something that not a lot of people have. Um, the sacrifices that my dad has made over the past 21 years, um, being, being a pastor, being a student now, being a father, um, he's always got his face in a book. He's always got that laptop in front of him. He's always writing a sermon, typing a paper, something like that. And through all that, he still makes time for us, for his family, for his sheep here at the church, him being the lead servant. My dad's always been one to put people before him. Um, despite the fact that some people may not appreciate that, and honestly, as your son, I'm guilty of being one of those people too. So thank you for putting me first, putting us first. Um, my dad and I, we've had our disagreements, um, our arguments, fights, uh, things that could have broken us, but the older I get, the more mature that I become, the more that I see how everything that we argued about he was right about. Um, <laughs> everything that he said was for my good, for my benefit, for me to learn from it. So thank you for that, too. Thank you for the arguments. Thank you for all those bad times. Um, which, which was not his fault. I was, you know, 14, 15, 18, 19, 20. <laughs> um, <laughs> My dad is an inspiration to me, to the people around him, to his family. Um, my dad's been my dad for a long time now. I've never seen him give up, <laughs> never seen him quit on anything, never seen him throw in the towel. And that's a lesson that I've taken from you know him also, is to keep pushing, keep going, keep on persevering. So thank you for that too. Um, all of that's important because it's led up to what my dad has taught me about masculinity, what he's shown me about being a man. Um, he's taught me that a man is patient, 
understanding, compassionate, he's strong, he's a protector, he's a rock, he's humble. Um, I know what a man is because I've lived with one my entire life. Hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Hmm. Um, my dad also taught me how important a relationship with God is and how that can impact you as a man too. Um, my dad wouldn't be the man that he is today w without God, and that's something that he can say. That's something that a lot of people can probably say, too. Um, the deep and the personal conversations that my dad and I have had, um, I can come to him with anything. He's a great listener. Um, for those of you here that have talked to him, you know that Keith Norman tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, and that is, that's, that's, that's definitely something that's shaped me into the person that I am today. So thank you for that too. Um, the lessons that I've learned in terms of money, in terms of how to set my priorities right, in terms of the people that I hang out with, the lessons that I've learned in terms of girls, which you were right about all that too. <laughs> I'm going to be crazy, man. Let me tell you. Um, but <laughs> my dad, you know, he's, 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 you know, taught me how to treat a woman. I see the way he treats my mom, um, how he loves her, the man that he's able to be for her. And, uh, Man, if y'all thought that my dad flirts with my mom at church, if y'all got in the walls of the Norman household. <laughs> so glad I have headphones. Thank God for Beat Studio Wireless. <laughs> Turn his mic off. <laughs> I'm about to wrap up because we don't have all day. But I've learned a lot from my dad and genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I'm blessed to have one in the first place. Um, so in conclusion, y'all, cherish your fathers. Um, some of you may not have fathers anymore. Some of you may not have had them in your life to begin with, but for everyone here to know, it's important that you have a heavenly father who's never gonna leave you, never gonna do you wrong, never gonna forsake you. Um, Thank you to all of the dads in here for, you know, the hard work that y'all do for your families to be strong, to provide um, the pressure from, you know, society. Sometimes the things that people say about men, no matter how, like, unimportant that they might make you feel, you guys are important. We love y'all. We love the dads in here so much. Um, the sacrifices that y'all make to make your kids smile or to please your wife, whether it be putting on a sweatshirt in bed or switching between the NBA finals and Dateline and then back to the finals and Dateline. Thank y'all, thank y'all. Real talk, real talk. Anyone can be a father, but not everyone can be a dad. So from the bottom of my heart, Keith Norman, thank you for being a dad. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Love you, too. Wow. You're the man. Wow. Mm -hmm.
yeah, man. So, didn't expect that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the church threw me a surprise 50th birthday party three years ago, almost four years ago. I found out afterwards uh, that it kind of went off the rails, and uh, my son was supposed to speak that night. He didn't get to. And the thing that haunted me, I wanted to hear what my son had to say. I joke around. I play a lot. Uh, I love you all. But really, that's what matters to me. No disrespect to you. So I wanted to know what my son had to say, so I kind of got to hear it um, today. I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, I'm a little messed up now. I'm not telling I ain't finna cry. I'm hard. Two weeks ago, I told my son and my daughter and my wife I didn't want Father's Day gifts. And they, they didn't give me any. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I said, y'all are my gift. So thank you for your little speech. <laughs> I'm joking. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Uh, the reality is, as a father, I've messed up a lot. The reality is, as a lead servant, I've messed up a lot. The reality is, there's really not a day that goes by that I don't have to start my morning saying, forgive me and specifically confessing sin. And so, um, even what just transpired with my son speaking, to me, that's answer prayer of your listening to me when I say, please give me grace again. Mornings when I say, I need your mercy again. Blake is a picture of your grace and mercy. So we thank you. And you know what you and I have talked about regarding Blake and Jayla? I'm trusting you. So now we want you to be glorified. I thank you for Blake, what he has said, but we know that there is a good, good father. His name is not Keith. So please be glorified. Now may I decrease may you increase. Holy Spirit, please do what I cannot do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I don't know where the appropriate place to do this. I thought about it this morning driving here. I don't really try to hype myself, but I wrote a book about my father a few years ago. I thought about it driving here this morning. I'd recommend getting the book, not because I'm all that as an author, but I got to spend the day yesterday with my father, my brothers, my sister-in-laws, and I was like, my dad is that dude. And so to just read about him, I think would bless your life. Um, and so, I'm sorry? Thank you. I'll pay you after this. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oprah recommended it. When she was a Christian that time. <laughs> Sorry. Always go too far. Today on this Father's Day, Dara read the Synoptic Gospels. There was a man that had a son. And here's what I know about that dad, that father. He understood life between hell and hallelujah. He understood life living pretty closely to the hell part for years. How do I know that? Because he emailed me. And I'm just going to read his email, and I will be out of your way. Here's what he said. He said, hi, PK. I'd love for you to share my story on Father's Day. Share how my only child had me begging, had me kneeling on my knees before Jesus. How... He had me his daddy, me his daddy, but he also had his demon. Share with the church how my son was tormented by an unclean spirit, how it seized him, how it shrieked. Share how my son convulsed, foamed at the mouth, and was bruised. He often fell in the fire and water. Tell the church how the demon kept my son from speaking and hearing. He was tormented from childhood. Kids being tormented is nothing new. Cutting themselves. Drugs, self-harm, demons don't see them as cute. Demons don't see them as cuddly kids. They see them as suitable habitats, domains to dominate. They see them as targets. And they will do everything to keep them from living lives on fire but instead living life in the fire. As a dad, I could have judged my son and, and been ashamed of him. I chose to stand with him, demon and all. I acknowledged, but I didn't abandon. PK, implore the dads who listen to this email don't leave when things get bad with your kids. When things get bad at home, when hell comes against the household, acknowledge but don't abandon. Your children need to know you're staying. Demons, drugs, destructive tendencies won't move you. PK. Mention the crowd. 
there was arguing that day. When you have a crowd, you tend to have arguments. Now you might get shy. I'm sorry, let me stick to the email. When you have crowds, you tend to have arguments even about Jesus. I was in it, but not of it, the crowd. See, I didn't come merely to behold. I came to beg. (laughs) One can be around a lot of people. It doesn't mean he has access to a lot of help. The crowd didn't help me. They couldn't help me. But because I implemented my faith, I ended up helping them. They were all astounded when they got to see Jesus come through for my son and for me. PK, tell the church this. Make the crowd your mission, not your source. Don't depend on the crowd. Depend on the Christ. Depend on the anointed one. Depend on the holy one. Depend on the righteous one. Depend on the Savior. Depend on the healer. Depend on the way maker. PK, then there were the disciples. (laughs) They were arguing. Meanwhile, my son is anguishing. Church people over here arguing. My son's foaming at the mouth. My son is hurting. My son is bruising himself. Church folks over here arguing. Let me stick to the email. (laughs) Followers fussing. I heard, though, that later Jesus told his disciples they had little faith. All they needed was faith the size of a mustard seed. Tony, you gave me a mustard seed once. I still have it. Can it get any smaller? Ostensibly, The disciples were faithless and needed to learn to employ prayer. PK, ask the disciples in the house, do you spend more time fighting than you do faithing? We're supposed to be different. Different from the crowd. Different from the multitudes, not truculent, but trusting. Disciples are different, peculiar. Any wonder they couldn't cast the demon out, even after I desperately begged them. They were good at arguing but not at assisting. PK, I don't want to, but I must discuss the demon. 
They're real. Is my mic working? <laughs> Let me say that again. Demons are real. It cried out. The demon did. The shrieking wasn't my son. It was their unclean spirit. My son couldn't even talk. It even cried out one last time before it exited my son. After Jesus rebuked it and cast it out, it cried out one last time. Sometimes the hell we hear coming out of our kids' mouth ain't even them. You're getting mad at your kid. You're getting mad at the wrong somebody. Get mad. I know you don't want to hear it. Get mad at the demon. The demon convulsed my son, <laughs> caused him to foam at the mouth. It mauled him. It bruised him. It threw him down. It caused him to grind his teeth and become rigid. And when it seemed obvious to the demon that Jesus was about to move on my son's behalf, it seemed to fight even harder giving one last-ditch effort, throwing my son to the ground, convulsing him. It had him rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Oh, yeah, uh, this demonic activity had been happening since my son's childhood. The gospel writer wants us to know, I'm pausing from the email, he wants us to know they've been dealing with this hell a long time. If some folks can testify, dealing with hell will wear you out. This has been happening, PK, since his childhood. Here's the implication, though. Demons don't give a doggone about your toddler, about your infant, about your preschooler. They may be young, but they're ready. For him to try to destroy, demons don't wait to work. PK, I do have some good news. The demon was no match. <laughs> For Jesus. <laughs> Any, any parents in the house? Any parents in the house? <laughs> I'm trying to stick to the email, but my son just got up here with the microphone. Why? Because Jesus is in his life. Let me say it again. The demon, <laughs> the demon, it didn't even go one round. <laughs> The demon was no match for Jesus. PK, tell the church, no demon is. Tell the church, nothing is. Jesus simply rebuked it and cast it out. The demon had to submit to Jesus' command to not only come out, but Jesus told him, don't ever come back. <laughs> PK. Then there was Jesus. Amen. You might already know this, but rumor has it 
Jesus had just been affirmed by God the Father as his beloved son on a mountaintop. He was transfigured. Jesus and God the Father knew what it was like to be father and son. (laughs) Uh, He more than understood my relationship with God the Father. But PK, Jesus was so, 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 so frustrated. Y'all read the text? He was so frustrated by all of our faithlessness and perversion, the crowd's faithlessness and perversion, my faithlessness and perversion, and even the disciples' faithlessness and perversion. He was frustrated, but his frustration didn't abort his compassion. Let me say that again. I feel like preaching, but I got to read this email. See, because this is my story. I felt so good reading this this week because, man, this stuff is frustrating. What I do for a living is frustrating. And sometimes when I get frustrated, I abort compassion. PK, his frustration didn't cancel his compassion. Is that anybody's testimony? You know that you've been raised in hell, but you still walk in his compassion. Let me say it this way. He's still good to you. (laughs) My son couldn't help himself. The crowd couldn't help him. The disciples couldn't help him. I couldn't help him. Yet Jesus didn't scratch his head. He didn't get out his iPhone and Google for solutions. He didn't even lay hands on my son. He didn't toil arduously. He simply rebuked the demon. I was moved by the fact that he wasn't offended or judgmental with my son's issues. He wasn't too lofty to deal with something so horrible. We were not beneath him. He didn't work from afar, but he said, bring your son (laughs) here. Bring him to me. He knew that was evil inside, but he wanted my son close. He had no concerns about being contaminated. He even took my son by the hand. He lifted him up. PK asked the factory family, has Jesus ever lifted you up? (laughs) Has Jesus ever held your hand and walked with you when you didn't earn it? It was easy for Jesus. It was hard for me. It was hard for my son. It was hard for the crowd. It was hard for the disciples. But is anything too hard for the Lord? Demons, no. Disease, no. Financial problems, no. Jacked up marriages, no. Depression, no. It's anything. He healed my son. He cured my son. Jesus always 
has the cure. <laughs> My son didn't walk like he used to walk. He didn't talk like he used to talk because he didn't talk before. No more convulsions, no more bruising, no more throwing himself in the fire, all because Jesus was able. Jesus is still able. We were all astounded. PK, I don't want to, but on this Father's Day, I must talk about me, Daddy. I got to tell you about my issues. The obvious issue, I had a son with a demon. I had grown accustomed to seeing this unclean spirit wreak havoc in my son's life. I was willing to shout. I was willing to beg Jesus. I was willing to kneel before Jesus because this issue had been persisting for far too long since my son's childhood. We had dealt with this issue, this demon, for so long that I was now struggling with having faith. I actually said this to Jesus if you are able <laughs> uh, to do anything. I believed, but I had unbelief. Notice I never once asked Jesus to heal my son. I only asked him to look at my son. I asked him to have mercy on my son, but I never said, Lord, please cast this demon out. Please cure my son. Why? I had issues. I had issues with faith. I had issues with belief. Jesus had to tell me to bring my son to him. I had unbelief. I had veiled, concealed anguish. Jesus operated that day in such a brilliant manner. He asked me a question. How long has this been happening to your son? The reason I say the question was brilliant, I had to talk. <laughs> All too often, we fathers, we men, don't talk about it our problems, our pain, our hurt, our stress, our issues, the abuse we experienced, our emotions. Jesus made me talk about it <laughs> to him. <laughs> Let me say that again. He made me talk about it to him. That's called prayer. 
I had to reveal wittingly or unwittingly that I did not believe (laughs) as I should. I said to Jesus, but if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us, I then admitted, I believe. Help my unbelief. I could type in this email that my problem was the impotent disciples or the ruthless demon or the argumentative religious leaders, but my major problem was unbelief that Jesus can do anything but fail. I was real and exclaimed, I believe. Help my unbelief. I had a modicum of belief. I wouldn't have bothered otherwise, but I also had more than a modicum of unbelief. My son had this demon since childhood. I had seen the shrieking. I had seen the foaming at the mouth, the grinding of the teeth, the throwing himself in the fire in the water. But now I had seen that Jesus is the answer. PK, I know you typically give three points that start with the same ladder. <laughs> but today, I want you to challenge the dads with one point. Implore them with this one point. Dads, bring your kid or kids to Jesus. Let me read that again. He wants me to. Dad, bring your kid or kids to Jesus, especially the one you've given up on, especially the one or the ones who have frustrated you. They're just like you. You, you were... I got to stick to the email, but you were real. We've argued sometimes. I've been wrong some of those times. But the reality is, and you know this, you just like me. So he needs prayer. I'm serious because God's hand is on him. He just like me. I don't deserve to be up here. I don't deserve to be up here. I don't deserve to be up here. But God has called God has called a lot of y'all's kids. Did y'all know that? Stop judging them. Stop giving up on them and saying that you ain't. They can see your nonverbals. Dad, bring your kids to Jesus. PK, tell the fathers they get their kids to the games, to Cub Scouts, to Boy Scouts, to Girl Scouts, to non-gender scouts to dance lessons, to recitals, tell them, Dad, bring your kids to Jesus. He can rebuke the demons. 
He, he, he can rebuke the unclean spirit. He can rebuke the things that are ruining their lives. He can cast out the evil spirits. He can deal with the norms of the day. He can heal your kids. He can cure your kids' issues. He can cast out the hell. PK, notice my son's mother is conspicuously absent. Why? I don't feel the need to discuss in this email. On this Father's Day, the challenge is for dads. Don't let mama outdo you. Don't let the little league coach outdo you. I'm glad for teachers. I'm looking at a teacher. You taught my son. I'm glad for you. I don't want you as a teacher to outdo me. I don't want the guidance counselor. You're a school administrator. Thank God for you. I don't want you to outdo me when it comes to my son. <laughs> I don't want you to outpray me for my son. I, I, don't, I don't want anybody, to, even for my wife, I, I want to do it. I want to stand in the gap. I want to be the one that's praying. Dad, bring your kids to Jesus. Well, PK, thanks for reading my email. I'm going to go back and die now. Here's the homework assignment. It's not on the board. How does this look? That? How does it look to bring your kids to Jesus? Because <clears throat> I don't really, to me, a sermon ain't a sermon if you don't apply it. We live in a world where people love to preach it to kill it, <laughs> and they can feel good. I don't give a doggone about none of that. Pray for me. I don't cuss. Sometimes I be feeling close. I almost said some stuff right there. But I don't give a doggone about things just feeling good. Y'all tired of that? So how does it look to bring your kids to Jesus? I had no clue Blake was going to come up here. I'll say this, and I know I'm telling the truth. Man, I've spent my life bringing him to Jesus. And there are times, Ty, he hated me for it. Am I lying? But even y'all ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you what I know. See, when he was even in the womb... I was praying over that womb. Y'all don't hear me. So how does it look for dads maybe here? Maybe you even single. You don't even have a kid yet. Start praying. Start praying. How does it look to bring them to Jesus? Uh, pray and let them see you pray. When you were little, I loved when you busted in my office at the house and you would catch me. You said in your speech there, which was long, it was long. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you've seen me with my face in the book. Dad, let your kids yeah, 
catch you. Blake would bust in the office. I like that he caught me reading. That's how you bring your kids to Jesus. Let them know that you believe the word is real. How, how, how does it look? Let them see you studying the scripture. Here's how it looked. Dads, you facilitate the Bible study. PK, I've never led a Bible study. Learn. Can I be honest? I wish we were just men now. It's a lot you've learned how to do you didn't know how to do. You didn't know how to get busy, but you, you were in some basement and you learned. Real talk. You were in some back seat and you didn't say, oh, I don't know how to do it. You figured it out. Now, I'm serious. Let's stop using that we don't know how to do it. Man, your kid's too important. I love y'all. None of y'all touch this right here. So get a Bible study book. If you don't know how to do it, email me. You can get the simplest of Bible. You can take one verse a day. You can sit at the dinner table, go over that one verse. How does it look to bring your kids to Jesus? Let them see you worship. And not a freaking brave or a bulldog or a falcon, but the king of kings. At home. And at church. I believe the daddy would want me to tell you this. If you give your kids to Jesus, he'll give them back better. <laughs> I'm, I'm living that. I'm living that. I'm living it. My son, I didn't know my son was going to speak today. Let me say that again because I want to encourage you. It, being a daddy is hard. Being a parent is hard. Let me say it one more time. Even if you give them to Jesus with a demon, he'll give your kid back better with a microphone. So, you've been lovely. Give your kids to Jesus. By the way, until you die. My son just turned 21 Sunday. I, I prayed for him this morning. I'm still giving him to Jesus. My daughter is flying uh, for an interview for a Major League Baseball team this week. She hopefully about to get paid. And if she does, I'm resigning Sunday. I just feel led. <laughs> but I still pray for my daughter. Honestly, even more. It ain't just about giving your kids to Jesus. It might be somebody in the room today, you're thinking, I need to give myself to Jesus. That's the real problem. I'm here because it's Father's Day, but I don't walk and talk with Jesus, right? I don't pray. The statistics are staggering. 
how little church folks read their Bible. Scary. And you wonder why we have the problems. Maybe you're here saying, you know what? I need to give myself to Jesus. The Father in these synoptic gospels, when it came to his son, he was trying to spare him. I don't blame him. There's another father, heavenly father. When it came to his son, he was trying to sacrifice him. You see how crazy that is? He, he was trying to use his son as a substitute to step in for my hell, to step in for my sin, to step in for the stuff that I don't want none of y'all to know about. What a, what a heavenly father. What a daddy that's worthy to be worshipped. What a daddy that's worthy for us to, to bless him with the fruit of our lips and tell him hallelujah. Tell him thank you, Jesus. Tell him, Lord, you're good. I'm glad you're a good, good father. So maybe you're here today. And, and in order for you to start giving your kid to Jesus, or you don't even have kids. You ain't even a father. You need to give your life to Jesus. Let's stand. We're almost out of here. Uh, got up early this morning about 4, and I made some pancakes and French toast out there for you. You want to bless it first. Um, but... But you need to give your life to Jesus today. Wouldn't Father's Day be a good day to give your life to the Father? You get to believe not just intellectually, but with your heart that Jesus died for us. First, he came from heaven to earth, which is crazy to me. 100% man, 100% God, yet he died for our sins. They put him on a cross. Don't I talk about it every week? He was bloody, practically naked, abused, struggling to breathe as the son. Honestly, embracing all the evil. We can't even fathom the kind of evil that he endured as the substitute for us. He died. Three days later, he rose from death. He is the Savior. And let me, be, let me be as plain as I can be. He's the only way for you to go from death to life. The only way. He's the only way for you to truly be saved. The only way for you to truly be a Christian. We're not equal to other religions. It's only one God. Would you give your life to him? I forgot to say this. He rose. I forgot to say this. He's returning. Do you know him as Savior? Do you know him? Do you want to know him today? If there's anybody in the room, would you come? Let me pray with you. Would you come? 
Would you come? You want to know him as Savior. You want him to be your personal Savior. Would you please come? Father, we love you. <sighs> Thank you for Blake, my son. Thank you for my daughter. Thank you for my 99-year-old father that I got to spend the day with yesterday. Thank you for Willie. But more than that, thank you for you. God the Father, I thank you for God the Son. I thank you for God the Spirit. I thank you that those of us in here who really know you, we got reason to shout. Uh, we got reason to celebrate. We're free. Nothing can hurt us. Nothing can harm us. So thank you for your redemption plan. Father, would you help all of us that are trying to be good fathers to do it your way, to bring our kids to you. Thank you for being there. Would you be glorified in our lives now and keep us until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give God a great big hand. We, we do have pancakes, French toast, Hog moths, chitlins, fat back, fried corn, greens, beans, tomatoes, yams, and y'all are dismissed. God bless you.